0: Hey everybody, and welcome again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, and today we are in John chapter 17, returning to verse 20, and then looking at the verses following that, remembering this this incredible truth that when Jesus was in the garden praying, he was praying not just for his disciples in that moment, but every subsequent disciple that would trust in Jesus through through the word of the disciples as the gospel was passed down generation after generation after generation until it ultimately lands right in our laps. And so our ancient way for our modern day, day today, John chapter 17, starting in verse 20. Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. This was our text yesterday. Now look at what Jesus now prays for all of us. I and them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Now, what is Jesus's prayer here? Well, it's pretty obvious his prayer is for Christian unity. His prayer is that the same kind of unity that Jesus shares with the Father. This this unity that is seen in their loyalty to each loyalty to each other, their their affection, their shared affection, their perfect unity in purpose and in will, this would be characteristic of the church. And this is characteristic of the church really centering on who Jesus is. If you look at the end of verse 21, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. See, our unity as a church is meant to point to, well, Jesus's identity this makes a lot of sense if we've worked through the Gospel of John and we've seen over and over again that John points to these signs of Jesus as as pointing to Jesus' uh, his identity well this makes sense then the the church being unified, the church being united, the church having an affection within the 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 body having a loyalty having a shared purpose and vision and values all of this unity it, it is meant to point toward. Well, Jesus is the Savior, which means our unity is built upon the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to press this a little bit because this is not, we, we have unity, everyone has unity because we all have some fuzzy kind of idea of who Jesus is, as if he is an abstract being that we can all say, well, this is who Jesus is to me, and this is who Jesus is to me, and this is what I like about Jesus. Rather, our unity is built on the revelation of who Jesus is, his self-revelation, his demonstrating that he is full of grace and truth that he is the savior and the judge that he is gentle that he is humble and he is king of kings and lord of lords see we cannot we cannot settle our faith upon just a singular aspect or characteristic of jesus that we like or that That fits with our ideology or that appeases the cultural sensibilities around us. If we do that, we are lessening Jesus. We are making him less than who he is. We are making Jesus in our image rather than becoming conformed to the image of who Christ is. We cannot take a singular characteristic and say, this is who Jesus is. When we do that, we end up swimming in the the river that is the cults. We end up Uh, missing the point. No, we can't just say this is what I like about Jesus and so this is who Jesus is to me. Rather, we must say this is who Jesus has revealed himself to be in the fullness of his identity. Now, the more we do that, look at this, the more we cling to the full revelation of who Jesus is, the more we have actual unity. The more we have a oneness within the church that is then what god uses so that well the world may believe that the father sent the son see if we if we water down jesus or if we make jesus after our likeness or if we say this is who jesus is to me while ignoring clear portions of scripture of jesus and his self-revelation What the world then does is they look at the church and they say, I don't think it has much to offer. I don't really think that God sent Jesus. But if we're united around the fullness of who he is, the world will look at us and see power the world will look at us and see something compelling the world will look at us and see our true convictions leading to life transformation and they will look at us and according to Jesus in his prayer they will believe that god the father has sent jesus christ his son see this is this is important this is what it's at stake when jesus prays for our unity it's not just that we love each other and it's just this you know this kind of like surface level love where we kind of get along but don't it doesn't really go deep no this is a deep rooted a a a love that is founded upon the words of Christ and the work of Christ it's founded upon the full revelation of who Jesus is when we all say humbly that we don't measure up that we need a savior and that Christ is that savior, when we all say humbly that he is transforming us and changing us to become more and more like the man of God he's called us to be, or the woman of God that he desires, that is where true unity is seen. And it is a beautiful, powerful, and good force in this world. So, how have you watered down your belief in Jesus? How have you clung to, this is what I like about Jesus, but I don't like this about Jesus, and how have you diminished His full character? How about your church? What are the weaknesses within your church that keeps your church from being unified not around a certain kind of pet doctrine, but around the truth of who Jesus is, fully revealed in the gospel? How should you be praying for your church? How should you be praying for the church in your community or the church as a whole? That we would be one. And that our oneness, it would be founded on the person and work of Jesus. This is our ancient way for our modern day.